Hey, welcome to the Minister Sonship. We're live again. We're live. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inclining ear to that which I believe I hear the Lord communicate to me to share with you. And um, it is never a dull moment when I come and I stand before the camera and um, endeavoring to, to communicate that which he has deposited in my heart. And so today is a big message again. Today is, is a true continuation of last week again. And with every opening, I say the same thing, that really we're continuing from the theme that we have been on before and before that and before that. And it's really Christ and as the hope of glory, that we're now being conformed to the image of dominion. We're being conformed to the image of sonship. Therefore, dominion, sonship, we're we're really mandated to exercise authority on a regular basis, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, above all things, over the thoughts that bombard our minds and, and every situation, every every accusation, every condemnation we are to bring down and to not put up with it, but to negate it. <laughs> Say, no, you don't. Nope, 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 nope. Jesus died and rose again, and he sits now on high, and where he is, I am. And therefore, I have been given authority over every lie, over every lie. And so we, last week's was, he actually woke me up in the middle of the night with this, with this title, Faith Overcomes the Scene. Faith overcomes the scene. And, um, when, 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 when I, I fully woke up to that title, I, I at that moment, uh, uh, realized that the whole message he deposited within me and he'd preached it to me beforehand so that I can that Sunday start this theme of faith alone overcomes the scene. That which you see with your natural eye is not your reality. As a born-again child of God, the Word is your reality. As a born-again child of God, it is written, thus says the Lord is your reality. And what he spoke to me in that wake-up moment last week was the very end of it, that it is written, it is written, which is the Word of God, is the mind of Christ. You want to walk in a mindset of dominion? Find yourself being transformed by the word of truth. Find yourself walking in the mind of Christ that this word has so become you that it started navigating you in truth. Paths of righteousness, not for you to be enriched, but for his name's sake. To be a light into this world. Not to hide yourself under, the, under a bushel and to excuse why you can't be a bold testimony for Jesus Christ. Feeling man and yet confessing you're not afraid. And he said to me, when you hear what is written, when you read the word and you hear his voice in the word, faith comes. Why? Because faith always comes through the hearing and the hearing of the word of God. Faith comes and overcomes what is seen. So the hearing of faith is your way out of the snare. 
And then you can't be a forgetful hearer of that which is spoken to you. You can't be a forgetful hearer of that which is written. You can't be a forgetful hearer to behold this liberty, the law of liberty, the word of God, as in a mirror to behold him, the word. And to then walk away and you forget what you beheld. Today's message is absolute victory. We have absolute victory. We have absolute victory. Why? Because his victory is absolute over the devil. Not because I'm so smart. Not because I've done everything perfect. Not because I've walked so long in Christ, now I know it all. Not because I've read the Bible so much. No, because I've chosen to believe that which he has done for me. So let's go to um, Colossians 2. Let's see what he has done for us. What has he done for us? And I have a sense that this is to be continued again next week. I believe we might have read this verse last week. If not last week, we've read this verse quite a bit. Colossians 2.14. This morning, actually, absolute victory came last night as I was falling asleep. As I meditated the message from last Sunday, this capsule came to me, absolute victory. No option of defeat. In absolute victory, in that which he has done for us, there's no defeat. In absolute victory, there's no option of defeat. In absolute victory, there's no possibility of defeat. In the absolute victory of that which is wrought over the devil to strip him, to, 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 to make him a public spectacle, never to be forgotten, driving over him mightily, there is absolutely no defeat. There's no defeat for us Christians. In the spirit we have been granted full dominion. We've been given access to the mind of Christ to be able to navigate above the fray. Yes, we will face trouble, but that's really a building block to step on and step on and conquer all and overcome all and again display over and over and over again the dominion that we do have in Christ, not to sink in our minds, not to faint in our hearts, not to give up, not to despair, but to press on. Against the adversity to press on. Against the accusation to press on. Against the negative report to press on and to choose again to believe thus says the Lord. To choose again to walk in it is written the mind of Christ. I speak it outward as much as I speak it inward to myself. What does it look like to have no option of defeat? 
Well, number one thing, not to despair in our minds. Not to be moved by that which is seen, that the word says it's temporal, temporary, a passing vanity. Not to go backwards and situate ourselves in our past and just, 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 just uh, cave in to circumstance. No, no. There is a battle raging. A battle of great discouragement. An opposing force. But that is nothing to those that are in Christ. To us that are born again from above, from above. Really, nothing. Nothing is over us except Christ, who is the head of the church. How can we be overwhelmed, overcome by the evil one? Unless we've chosen to sink, to let go of the confidence that we had in the beginning. And yes, it is a choice. Yes, it is a choice for Desi as much as it's a choice for you. Every single day, every morning you wake up and every time you go to bed, that choice is ever before you. Who do you trust? Whom will you serve? Whom will you obey? Whom will you submit to? Which thought? The one that tells you true that he, if he be for you, the resurrected king of glory, who can be against you? Or that the circumstance is lording it over you and you're done for Because we read in Colossians 2 a good report. Colossians 2.14 says that he, Jesus, having what? Wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way. He has taken it out of the way. No obstacle for you to run this race. At the end of the day, you will have no excuse. Why? You did not fulfill the, the, the assignment. Why? You did not complete that which he formed you in your mama's womb for. Why? Why you had to give up? Why you had, was so dismayed and you went backward and you slipped back into the old mire? Like Peter says, the dog returning to its vomit. And yet we catch ourselves lingering in something we're supposed to be shutting down. Why? Because there is still a moment of a greater persuasion that we can grow up in. Faith assurance. To be fully persuaded as Abraham was, to know that he could take up his, his son up Mount Moriah, and raise that, raise that knife to sacrifice his son, knowing full well he was going to come back down that mountain with his son. Because he believed the one that raises the dead back to life. What kind of a miracle mindset is that? What kind of, what kind of a persuasion is that? And yet we look at that story and we think we've got to sacrifice, sacrifice. No! Did he sacrifice his son? He did not sacrifice his son. But you see, when you're in doubt and unbelief, you're sacrificing everything. The number one thing is the call of God on your life. Oh, I'm going to be like Father Abraham being tested. I've got to sacrifice. He was not called to sacrifice his son. His faith was being tested. And he overcame that testing. And he grew. And he grew. And yes, yes, 
Yes, the promise that was given to him was fulfilled through Isaac. No, we like the excuses. Why? We had to sacrifice the call of God. So much erroneous teaching has been going on. So much erroneous perception of who our God is. Our God is a God of triumph. Our God sits in the heaven and laughs at these nations that are roaring against his anointed one. Who is that? The body of Christ. Our God does not put up with defeat. He is victorious. He has taken it out of the way. Everything that was contrary to us has been wiped out, wiped out, wiped out, wiped out. And somebody sit under condemnation. Look at verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, having disarmed, having what? Disarmed? Why do we live like Satan has been armed? Satan has been disarmed. In some camps, they actually believe Satan is doing God's work in terms of making someone strong by putting an affliction on them. Say what? He's defeated. He's defeated. But we like the defeated mindset. We don't want to stand up for God. Over a circumstance, whether it's a circumstance in your mind, a perception, or a real moment. There's a lot of real moments right now. The all of us are called to overcome. Real moments on walking on the water, on a tumultuous sea, with Jesus having said to us, come, we'll make it to the other side. The remnant will make it on the other side. Victorious, not barely making it, we're gaining steam. Ha, 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 ha. There's nothing weary about us today. In the spirit, we are strong. And so Jesus, after having done that mighty work on the cross of becoming sin for us, Becoming sin for you and I. So we can walk out as free, just men. Because of that which he has done and because we believe that which he has done for us on the cross. He then, he then, look what he does in 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. That is the powers and principalities that Satan's kingdom, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And I think the New Living we read last week over them on the cross, triumphing over them. I want to read, I want to read that verse in the, 
the Strongs, in case we don't fully understand what this means, triumphing over them on the cross. The new living, in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers, in which way? By having removed, wiped out the requirements. Taking them out of the way. Every ammunition that the devil had with these condemning thoughts. Not good enough. You can't make it. You broke the law again and again and again. Every time, every time the sacrifices were performed, there was always a sense of having fallen short. Could not cleanse a guilty conscience, the Bible says. The blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. But now the blood of Christ that was shed where on the cross has cleansed a guilty conscience so we can walk free before God as just men knowing what he has done for us. Nothing I could do on my own, nothing. But believe, believe a completed work and walk in accordance to it is finished. Walk in accordance to this great sacrifice that he became for me. To lay down my life because he laid down his life. To be a living sacrifice because he was the atoning sacrifice. No, we want to have our way. We want our excuses. We want the cozy thing of no opposition. You're built for it. You're built to overcome opposition. You're built to be an overcomer. You're built to believe, thus says the Lord. That he did disarm principalities and powers. Okay, back to the New Living Translation, Colossians 2.15. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Public shaming of the devil. And what? He wants to shame you now? Uh-uh, no, 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 nobody, no. Mm -mm -mm. No. The word says we have been justified in Christ. Those that believe on him will never be put to shame, the word says. The Strong's read, having disarmed, that word disarmed is the Strong's 554, to strip, to divest, to renounce. The devil's arsenal has been stripped. Renounce, this word, is to, it's made of two words. You can look up the Strong's Concordance, but it means to completely strip off. Absolute victory. He was completely, completely stripped off. Thoroughly to renounce. There's a double prefix to this word that is strongly emphasizing the depth of the renouncing. In this Greek word of being disarmed, the devil, there's a double prefix which, which, is, which is communicating, emphasizing the depth of the renouncing. This, renou this 
renunciation, stripping right off is very emphatic. It's very emphatic. It is done. That's how it's finished. Toast, toast. The devil's done. Burnt toast. And we, we, we taste burnt toast through the lies and accusations. Like, oh, that's not too bad. Fit for consumption. It's not fit for consumption. Satan's lies are not fit for consumption. To the child of God, it's the foreign voice. It's the stranger's voice. They were not to follow. Completely renounced, completely stripped off. Disarmed the rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. Now, I, I love this, the breaking down of here. He, that he fully, he showed off, he made a show off, he exposed, he made a public exhibit. A public exhibit. It's like going to the museum and seeing an exhibit. A spectacle. Public. And this, this phrase also denotes freedom of speech, confidence, openness, boldness. He openly made a public spectacle. It's public, open, for all to see. Do you see the devil defeated? Do you see the devil defeated? Or do you pretend you see the devil defeated and pretend to really believe the devil and yet live like he is mastering or lording it over you? It's time not to be perturbed by a lie anymore. It's time to stand up and say, not this time, devil. It's time to only see the way out of the snare and to walk out. Just like Jesus resurrected from the dead. To stand up and walk out of every dead situation. Resurrection life lives in us now. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is pure dominion. Lives in us. Lives in us. Made the public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. That word triumphing is the Greek 2358. <laughs> it is to lead one as a prisoner in a triumphant procession. Hence, I lead around, I make a show, spectacle of, I cause to triumph. This word study properly can be explained to display triumph openly, publicly exalting the victor who leads a victory procession and putting the conquered on display. They is totally defeated. Think about it. God, God used Jesus to become sin for us on the cross to die so that once he went down to the pit of hell really as a righteous man 
he could make a public spectacle of the master of the kingdom of darkness, Satan, in front of all the cohorts, all the little alleys of Satan, all the little officers and the principalities and, and, and powers and rulers of Satan. Open display. You know, we read these verses. We read these verses, Colossians 2.15. We go rah, rah, rah. And yet, we go home and cry in our pillows. How we've lost it all, or how we just suffered another defeat. No, no. No matter what you face today, there is a way out. Called Jesus. There is absolute victory in him. Not a shadow of turning that he change his mind. That suddenly he'll give some sort of a weapon to Satan. No, he's disarmed. He is fully, fully disarmed. And the strong says, by the cross. That cross of Christ is such a confidence to me of a completed work. Because it was on the cross, he said, it is finished. On the cross, it was completed. So now we can go to 1 John, where we spent quite a bit of time last week, I believe, or at least the tail end of the message last week. Yeah. What do we believe? What is moving you today? You move it. You move it out of the way. The thought pattern, the patterns of thought, move them out of the way. Anchor yourself in the solidity of absolute victory. Anchor yourself again in the assurance that Satan has been triumphed over. He's got to let it go. All the spoils. Got to let it go. He's got no holding power against us. Nothing on us last week we looked at. Because we're children of the light. And darkness cannot extinguish us. Capture us. Light. Light overcomes darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light. And so 1 John 5, 4 we read... Whatever is born of God, are you born of God? Yes, you are. And if you're not, you come to this reality of the truth of the Bible. That Jesus did indeed die for you and I. Became sin for you. So when you behold that cross, you believe his work. Faith arises in your heart. And out of this faith, your mouth says, I am a child of God. He did indeed die for me so I can live now. That's how it happens. That's how it happened for me. So the word says, with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. So whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory, the Nikkei, the conquest. That has overcome the world. That has conquered the world. 
This conquered the world. We looked at those words last week. Go to last week's message. Faith overcomes the scene. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. This persuasion of faith. That it is written, if God be for us, who can be against us? That I am now a brand new creation, born from above, and now I'm to forget what was, I'm to not reckon myself after the carnal man, but I am to know myself after this new birth. And in this new birth is pure dominion. Pure dominion over the, over the, over the enemy. Let's go to Romans 8. I said last week I wanted to look up Romans 8. 37, that we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors we are in Christ. Hallelujah to the living God. A 37, right? That's what I said. A whole chapter of Romans 8. Let's go to verse 37. Yet in all these things, in all these things that we face, in all these things that the world wants to dish our way, called trouble, that faith has overcome. Yet in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Through him, through him, through him, I have overcoming victory through the victory of that which he has done on the cross, where he demonstrated his love for me through him who loved us. And so your victory is never separate, nor separated from that which he's done on the cross. Where Satan was fully defeated, where Satan was fully disarmed, where the accusation that law of requirement was being wiped away, moved out of the way, and thus Satan was disarmed. So we now, through faith in the Son, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, of what he has done, I am now more than a conqueror. And that is the more than I let's look it up made me chuckle made me chuckle I love dominion I love dominion dominion is what we're made for dominion is who we truly are hallelujah I thought I had it queued up oh here it is yes Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors, here we have it. It's 5 to 45, and it is hyper, uh, take note of the word, hyper nikao. Nikao is that from the word nike that we looked at, which was conquest. But now with this word in front of it, hyper, it means beyond, nikao, beyond conqueror. We are beyond the conqueror. Properly, we can say exceedingly conquer, being more than a conqueror. That means super conqueror. 
We, he, Paul, writes to us, the apostle Paul that says, I'm found in this press of faith to keep attaining, to attain, to lay hold of that which is laid hold of me, this dominion power to attain to his resurrection from the dead. The reality of only life, God's life, he wrote that we are now super conquerors who is completely and overwhelmingly victorious. We now through him who loved us are what? Completely and overwhelmingly victorious. Live it out now. Live it out. Live it out. How? Take note of what you think. How? Do you walk out faith? How do you walk out faith? What does Paul tell the Corinthians? In 2 Corinthians 10, 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For the weapons of our warfare, like Paul told Timothy, wage this good warfare. The weapons, the armament, that which he has armed us with is mighty in God. You see, the devil has been disarmed, but we, the body of Christ, are armed against what? Lies. Fallen reality. Of the devil still wanting to parade himself. He just say, you've been paraded publicly already. As a defeated foe, a captive. My conquering Jesus has already paraded you. And established full dominion over you. And now the keys of dominion have been handed to me. I'm to go into all the world and make disciples. Baptize nations in his name. You see, you got to walk the overcomer's walk. And I have a sense it's not going to be this week. Next week, we're going to look at some of those verses in the book of Revelation. You got to overcome. Not hide out till he comes. Not, 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 not mingle and, and, and resemble the world. To blend in, lest you be persecuted. To blend in, to earn some money. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, we are in a warfare, are not carnal. They're not your little carnal mind thoughts but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This is what faith looks like. Faith looks an overcoming. Faith looks like overcoming. That's what John tells us in 1 John 5, 4. What has overcome the world? Even our faith. There's a militancy in faith. Faith is dominion. Why dominion? Because you got to overcome. 
principalities and powers that you are now far above. But you got to move them out of the way for the blunders of many to come off, for oppression not to rule your land, your nation. For God's desires that all be saved and not be under the sway of the wicked one. But we want to blend with that sway. We want to sway the same sway. Yeah, it's a tough message. It's how I keep myself accountable. Lest I forget the price he paid for me. And I live any old way I want to live and cheapen and really negate ultimately, deny the Lord the glory. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and everything, everything that exalts itself, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of the mind of Christ. To the obedience to it is written. Being ready to punish, drive those thoughts out, to punish all disobedience when your obedience is filled. You see, when you walk in the fullness of this revelation, there is a punishing of the thoughts that are not lined up with it is written. Why? Because you're rejecting them. You're rejecting them. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This is what fate looks like. Fate looks like more than a conqueror. Let's look at that word a little bit more. This, this prefix, hyper, when it's added to this word, nikeo, nikeo, it means surpassing victory. It is preeminent conqueror. That we are now preeminent conquerors. That, like Christ, to have the preeminence in our lives. And when he has the preeminence in our lives through the thoughts of, the thoughts of God, through the mind of Christ, through it is written, we are then becoming a, 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 con a conquering moment of expression of faith. How do we say? It? We are really, really, really the true church of Christ at that moment. We are really the ruling, the governing body. executing the will of God on earth. We, the church, have been entrusted to execute the mind of God on earth. That we have been predetermined to display the manifold wisdom of God. That even then the angels, even the angels are looking to us to hearken unto us. To the bidding of the will of God. Ephesians covers it. Hebrews covers it. How are you living today? Don't sink in your mind. Is the next phrase he gave me last night. We have absolute victory. So therefore don't sink in your mind. Let's see how we can sink in our minds. Let's go to Matthew. I'll do Matthew and we'll see where we land after that. 
Matthew 14. God showed me the parallel of this story, of this true story, true telling of what doubt and belief looks like and how it was displeasing to God. He paralleled with our minds, doubtful minds. And so verse 22 in, 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 in Matthew 14, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, the commandment to go to the other side. The word of God was go to the other side. It is written, we're going to make it to the other side. It is written, we're more than conquerors now. It is written, we've been given power of all the power of the enemy. We've been given authority over all the authority of the devil. It is written, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so here they heard, go to the other side. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. What has more power, the word of Christ or the wind that was contrary to the word of Christ? What has more power, you tell me? But before you be too quick to answer or survey your life, judge your own self. And to yourself, you say what has more power. How are you living it out? What has more power in your life? In that which you do, is it the word of Christ that he is for you? That he's commissioned you with a calling? To be a light? Or the wind that's contrary against you? Darkness, which the word says cannot overcome light. What do you believe today? Because that which you truly believe, you don't have to tell me what you believe. You and God know. You and, you and God, you know. He knows. That's not to condemn us, but to bring us higher. So, in the dark hour, the wind was contrary. So what? The light of his word is keeping them. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. Oh, no, no, it's a ghost. Who can do this? Who can make it in this dark hour on the sea? Who can do this? Not even a Christian. No, no, not I. Not even Jesus. If Jesus was here, he would have complied with the regulations that are wrong. Not even Jesus. Could have made it in this hour. You're kidding. The word is facing us. How are we calling him a ghost? A figment of our imagination. Because we're so afraid. And we want to comply with darkness. They cried out for fear. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. 
God imposed for us to stand in this hour. No one can stand in this wind. No one can stand on a sea that's tumultuous. No one can make it to the other side in this hour. Jesus, come on, Jesus. I got to fend for myself. I got to do what's right for my family. And you mingle with the way of the world. Because suffering persecution is not an option you want to undergo. But you see, the word says, there's no option of defeat. There's absolute victory. And when you're fully persuaded by it, oh my, that's what more than a conqueror looks like. And you don't have to be rude. You can be very kind. Because love is kind and patient and gentle. But you stand the course, you make it to the other side. You stand the course, you're not going down. In your mind, you're persuaded. I'm going to walk on the water. I'm going to believe his word. I will make it. That I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm called for dominion. For a time such as now. We all like the Esther story. Oh, for a time such as now. How are you living? How are we living? Esther had to make some tough choices to stand to represent her people. In the face of potentially losing her life, did she lose her life? No. But her people gained freedom. Stand for God. Stand for truth. Don't cower in this hour. They cried for fear. The ones that just saw the feeding of the 5,000. The ones that just parted ways with Jesus. Him saying, go to the other side. I'm going to pray. Go to the other side. Immediately, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. So here, we also hear what he spoke through John to us. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Are we of good cheer? Are we believing that we're going to make it? That no matter what we face, we're going to make it. Yes, we believe. We believe we're going to make it. Peter answered and said here, boldness of faith is about to be demonstrated to us. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, see, faith overcomes the scene. But you got to see truth. You have to hear his word over and over and over. Be mindful of that which is said to you. Come. And then you override the natural moment. And so it is in our minds. Don't sink by looking at what hasn't changed yet. The weather hasn't changed yet. The wind was still contrary. The waves are still high. So what? God has said to him again, come. 
come. And so, but it come, Peter had come down out of the boat. He stepped in faith. He was overcoming the moment. He was overcoming the, the, the contrary. He was overcoming the, the, the waves being tossed so high. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the situation hadn't changed, when he surveyed the natural, which was the word says, Paul's to the Corinthians, it's temporary. It's a passing vanity. It's not eternal. It's not eternal. When he saw that wind, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And the mercy of God, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, caught him. Look what he said to him. Look what he said. Oh, you of little faith. Faith is the key to overcome. If faith was strong, full persuasion, like Father Abraham, Peter would not have sunk. But all you have little faith, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt in your mind of what God has said to you? Why do we doubt the word of God? I'll tell you why. Because we're not abiding. We have not made it our home yet fully. But you see, when we abide in him and he abides in us, this oneness we have with him, we bear fruit for the kingdom. We walk on the water. We hush the stormy seas. We stop the boisterous winds of the hour. And we make it to the other side. We make it to the other side. One more verse, what I said, I've read it before. Corinthians. Said, uh, let me find it. Second Corinthians 4. The loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be strong in your mind. Bear the mind of Christ. The it is written. And his word has inherent power to take you out. To set you on the path of life again. And again. And again, to never depart his life. 4.16 Therefore do not lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Even though outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, the wind contrary, light affliction, the storm so great, a light affliction. The sea so boisterous with its wave, light affliction. Fear, light affliction. We go back to, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. 
perfected love, this matured up love in the love of God, a revelation of the love of God. It's flushing out fear. So we'll never cry out for fear. But we'll release a rescue sound of it is written. If God be for us, who can be against us? That I am raised far above. Together with him I sit and I rule. I rule. I have absolute victory through the victory that he wrought on the cross over the devil. Having disarmed them all. And I've been armed now with weapons that are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds so that I will not survey the outer experience. But I will know that my inward man is being renewed day by day. I'm getting stronger, buddy. You and I are getting stronger. Come on. We are getting stronger. The Joshua and the Caleb's let us arise and say, we're going to take the mountain for God. Every mountain will give glory to our living God. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, for a moment, is working for us. We looked at it this way. It's working. It's working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wow, this is the key. We're not like Peter surveying the wind and the storm and the circumstance and calling him a ghost. Why we do not look at the things which are seen. Hallelujah. Dominion. Faith. But faith, what? Looks at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I got to read Hebrews 11 just because it ties so perfectly. We can't get enough of Hebrews 11. One. So here Paul says, why would you not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen? For the things which are seen, there are some things that are seen. Yes, they are. But they are temporary. They're passing. They're going, bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye to them. Today you can say bye-bye to them. Close that door. Move on. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal, yes, because they are of the word of God. Because they are faith, yes, eternal. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is this. Now faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By the word of God, your world, my world is framed even right now by the word of God that is eternal, that never perishes. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And so who do we behold today? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. That's whom we look to. The one that's conquered it all. 
the one that has absolute victory. And in his victory, you and I walk today and every single day unto eternity forever. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, we are done. Amen, amen.